Good morning. Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and I'm very glad to see you all here. I extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us this morning. If you have questions about this congregation or about Unitarian Universalism, please don't hesitate to ask the friendly people at the visitor table, and they'll do their best to help you. In Unitarianism and Universalism, which joined together in 1961, there is a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in everyone. So we greet the divine in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Let us say together the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Good morning. My name is Lena Batra, and today's call to worship reading is titled The Festival of Lights of Good Fortunes in Praise of Goddess Lakshmi. Unexpectedly favorable circumstances, eventually evolving stately events to be handed out by a fate, turning its benevolent fate towards us, will be seen naturally in the wake of another festival of lights remembered happily for one long year ahead, with good turns to come to pass in our lives, that in due time will be sharing their lights of glory with all these bright fest lights of oil lamps and scented candles we kindle in our wishful praise of Goddess Lakshmi. And if I but were allowed one personal comment on what in the end I feel will warranty true success and good luck with Lakshmi arriving at the doorstep of one's house, it is that we will have to come hand in hand with our very own positive personal socializer attitudes put to tests all the while in our daily dealings with one another. The self-same attitudes that make us, knowingly or unknowingly, look either proudly and overruling, or egoistic and antisocial, or friendly and practical and endearing in the eyes of not only Lakshmi, but also in those of all our other contemporaries. Seven years ago, the year before I got here, this congregation had deep conversations about its goals and its values and came up with this mission statement, which you wrote on the wall and we say together every Sunday. There was an intention when it was written to revisit it after seven years. So this year, we're going to have some more deep conversations about our values and our goals and see if we might want to change any of the words or the order of the words, add anything, subtract anything. And you will be hearing about those uh, in the newsletter in November. But for now, this is what guides us as we move into the future. Let's say it together. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. We are not supported by a denomination. We're not supported by a corporation. We're an absolutely free congregation. Um, because we are member-supported. 
every now and then, we have some members come to the podium and say why they participate in giving to this church. They will introduce themselves. Good morning. I'm Elizabeth Gray. And I am Eugene Balaguer. We have been members of this church for 25 years, and we have renewed our pledge each year. Why have we consistently chosen to give to the first UU? Well, are we behaving irrationally? The Nobel Prize in Economics this year went to someone who demonstrates that a lot of our behavior around money is, in fact, irrational. I mean, we don't have to buy our way to heaven, because if there is one, we're all going. And the UU principles don't require us to tithe, so why do we give? Are we illogical? Unreasonable? No. In this case, we are very rational with a clear cost-benefit justification for our giving. Because of this church, we had found community and many lasting friends. Because of this church, I've explored and deepened my own spirituality through offerings like Wellspring classes, chalice circles, and community theater. Because of this church, I have participated for over 10 years in a multi-generational men's group. We share our joys and sorrows in a safe environment, and that has been caring and nurturing for Nurse, nourishing for me, excuse me. Because of this church, I have a portal to all sorts of social justice activities that make me feel like I am part of the solution offering meaningful service. I've done sack lunches for the homeless, cooked meals for freeze night and sanctuary guests, helped plant trees, fixed up houses, and sent books to people in prison. Because of this church, we and our children had had access to a rare commodity in Texas, comprehensive sex and relationship education. As our children grew into adults, they made informed choices about how they expressed their sexuality. They did not have to act out of ignorance. And yes, Elizabeth and I took our own adult owl sex ed class several years ago. It was a fun experience and we learned a lot. Hey. <laughs> Things have changed over the years, let me tell you. <laughs> because of this church, we have a way to put our money to work supporting our values. It's an investment in providing the support for the programs and services we believe in. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Our heart is with this church, and therefore we give it our treasure. Thank you. Thank you. Today our meditation and reading are combined in that we have a reading and then a time of silence when one of the diyas will be lit, and then another reading, and the, the lines of reading are from the Hindu scriptures. There is no deity more powerful than time. Abundant are yes-men, always pleasant spoken. Rare are the speakers and listeners of the unpleasant, but medicinal. The truth upholds the fragrant earth and makes the living water wet. Truth makes fire burn and the air move. 
makes the sun shine and all life grow. All the lights of the world cannot be compared even to a ray of the inner light of the self. Realize the constant and eternal light of the soul, which neither rises nor sets through meditation and deep inquiry. It's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. May this auspicious occasion light up your life with happiness, joy, and peace. You are now invited to light candles of joy, sorrow, remembrance, or celebration. This morning, we're celebrating two things that go pretty well together in my mind. The Festival of Lights of Diwali and our groundbreaking ceremony. Why do they go together? Well, our groundbreaking ceremony is a community affirmation of our intention to move ahead with our um, renovations and construction that we've been planning and talking about and affirming for a couple of years now. And Diwali is about the defeat of the demon of ignorance and lighting lights that will light the way home for the people involved in the war. Unitarian Universalism is all about the spirit of truth and the spirit of light. That's what our chalice is all about. We search for truth and we understand that we're not going to grasp it completely whole. It's not going to be all there at the same time. All the answers are not clearly laid out. In the faith of Unitarian Universalism, we believe in what we call progressive revelation of truth. And that means that as we learn more, as science discovers more, as various developments happen in the tech realm, as we have more understanding of ourselves as human beings, our sense of the truth evolves. And so we believe in progressive revelation. And so an important part of this for me is we always can say, here's the truth as I understand it, but I could be wrong. And I always trust someone who says, I could be wrong more than I trust someone who won't say it. Don't you? So we... Um, we know there are people who need truth. We know people who have been sickened by ignorance and lies. We know there are human souls thirsty to be part of the mission that we declare ourselves to be part of. We know there are people who need us. We know there are people who are coming out of the forest beset by demons of ignorance. And we want to light their way home. We want to be the light. This congregation, I have to tell you, is a light not only in 
the Central Texas area, but nationwide. I get emails from people all over the country and even from other countries saying, we watch your sermons, we watch Chris's sermons, and you're nourishing our souls, even though we can't be there. And one lovely man sends $50 every time he writes me that. (laughs) I want to support this church. So there are people who need this congregation. They've been made to feel worthless by their family or their religion or their job, life circumstances, the bad diagnosis. They're feeling like they don't have much dignity or worth. And there are people, my friends, you know this, that are all around us and among us who are suffering in a thousand invisible ways inside. And we are meant to be a light for them and they are meant to be a light for us and we are meant to be light for each other to light our way home. I'm going to tell you the story of Prince Rama and Princess Sita. And what I want to say is, I'm not going to do it justice. It's a long and beautiful, complicated story in the scripture called the Ramayana. And so I urge you to read it for yourself because there's a lot to it. Prince Rama and his wife Sita lived in the palace with his father, the king, and his stepmother. The stepmother had a son. She thought he should be king instead of Prince Rama. So she tricked her husband into exiling Rama and Sita into the woods for 14 years, where they lived in a hut. This was no ordinary forest. This was a forest filled with demons. One of the demons, named Ravana, fell in love with Sita. He had 10 heads and 20 arms. He decided to cause a beautiful little deer to run past the hut. And Sita saw the deer and said, Oh, Rama, please go get us that deer. We can make it into a pet. So Rama went off into the woods to get the deer. And as soon as he was gone, Ravana came in his chariot pulled by monsters and swept her up and took her away. But she was a smart princess and she had a lot of jewelry. And so she dropped jewelry all along the path. And when Rama realized he'd been tricked, he came and started picking up the jewelry and finding his way um, to where she was being held. On the way, he ran into his friend Hanuman, who was king of the monkeys. Hanuman could fly because he was king. And Rama said, Hanuman, someone has taken Sita and I have to find her. I don't know where she is. And Hanuman said, we are going to help you find her. And so all the monkeys went everywhere, swinging through the trees and running along the ground and looking in little places. And finally, Hanuman, who could fly, found her on an island surrounded by a rocky coast and choppy seas. And he spoke to her and said, I'm so glad I found you, princess. Um, She said, tell Rama where I am and give him this pearl so that he'll know that it's really me. So Hanuman went back and told Rama where she was. The monkeys called their friends the bears 
and the bears and the monkeys together started throwing rocks and sticks into the ocean, and they made a bridge across to the island. And Rama and the bears and the monkeys all went to fight the demons. And in my version of the story, which I just want to be true, Sita does some fighting too. When my sons were young, they wanted to play video games all the time. And I told them I didn't care how violent they were as long as the girls did their own fighting. So Sita and Rama and the bears and the monkeys and Hanuman all came back victorious. And the people lit their houses to celebrate the triumph of good over ignorance and knowledge over ignorance and evil. And they put... Um, lights in all their windows, and they they lit Sita and Rama's way home. And now, in India, people decorate their homes with beautiful lights, and they draw rangoli on the ground, and uh, that invites the goddess Lakshmi, who's right here, to come bring good luck in the new year. In many Indian homes, the tradition is to keep the lights on for the whole five days of the holiday. And in Nepal, I hear the tradition is to keep the door open for the whole five days of the holiday. So you see how that comes together with being welcoming. We are, as a congregation, taking a very exciting and brave step to be welcoming, to keep our lights on, to keep our doors open, to make room For the people who need us, the people who are coming out of the forest, you know about the forest, don't you? I mean, we've felt the forest before. We've felt being in the clutches of the demons of fear. It's easy. The fear thoughts come so quickly you can't even do all the things they tell you to do in the self-help books about keeping them at bay or talking to them or whatever. You can live through 10 years of disaster just like in a split second in your mind. That's the demon of fear. You can have a demon of violence, of abuse, of lies, the demon of addiction. We've all been in the clutches or felt them clutch at people we love. We want to be a light to lead people out of the forest and to light people's way home. Individually, as small lights, as a congregation, as a larger light, and as part of the truth itself. I want us to think about the people who have been lights to us. I want us to call their names out as our one of our architects, Aaron, and as one of our contractors, Kyle, go out into the garden with their shovels and their hard hats. There they are. There's Aaron. There's Kyle. Wave, Kyle. Thank you. Kyle's a big paperwork guy. Part of renovation is watching stuff get torn up. There's a violence to it. It's not great fun from beginning to end only. So I want you to know that there will be things that are precious to you that you love that will be moved or taken apart. And I want us to say out loud the names of people who have been lights to us, who have been heroes and heroines to us, 
And I'm going to start with Martin Luther King Jr., Fannie Lou Hamer, Howard Thurman, Rabindranath Tagore, my mama. You all call out people who have been lights to you, who have lit your way, your heroes and your sheroes. Molly Ivins. We're inviting these people into our ceremony because we need them. We can't do this by ourselves. We need our heroes and we need our heroines and we need our ancestors. As we sing this ceremonial song of blessing for a building, which we will also sing at the building dedication, if other names occur to you, please continue to call them out as we sing. Please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Our benediction song is a two-part song. I'd love for you to sing it with me if you care to. The first part goes, We are the ones, we are the ones, We've been waiting. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. Here's the other part. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones. We are the ones we've been waiting. Sing either part. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.